This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about kale chips. Yep. You've been asking for it. We're going to do it. The hot new food all the kids are talking about. Kale chips. Wow. You really pulled out your radio voice there. Yeah. I applied for this job um, uh, selling kale (laughs) chips. (laughs) Oh, okay. In the the kale chip marketing department. And so I just I want to be sure I'm ready for that. uh, Last night, we watched uh, this online concert by uh, uh, Broadway star Sierra Boggess. And she was talking about how when she auditioned for... The Little Mermaid, she got the part in part because she was she had practiced uh, skating around on Heelys, which she knew oh. was going to be required for the part. And like other people who tried out were, were just like clumsy oafs. Wait a minute. Are you serious? This that is in the, all true. In the Broadway version of Little Mermaid, like they're wearing something sort of like Heelys. Yes. For like the underwater scenes to like give it like a fluid underwater sort of feel. And I think they're literally Heelys brand Heelys. That's fantastic. Um, so where here? was I going with this? Oh, oh, right. Oh. So, so in order, like, in order to, for me to get the kale chips uh, job, like, I need to live and breathe kale chips marketing between now and then, and so that's why I requested that we do this episode. Okay, great. All right, let's get right down to it. Did Matthew, I, who did request this episode? I don't know. Did someone request this? I don't know. Or wait, or was it just that you and I were recently talking about kale chip experiences? Are you we experienced? Uh, I am slightly experienced. Okay, well, hold that's, on. That's a good answer to that question, right? <laughs> uh, let's let's go down memory lane. <laughs> like, you know, if Jimi Hendrix comes to you and, and asks, like, are you experienced? I think a good thing to say is I, a little, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you be more specific? That's what the kids are supposed mm-hmm. to say. Like 40 uh, While years they're ago. crunching on their kale chips, which all the kids love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matthew, memory yes. lane. I remember when everyone was talking about kale chips for a while. I'm going to guess, not having really looked at the agenda, because I know you you did uh, look up some history, like, I feel like it was about five years ago, and because I'm old, that means it was 16 years ago. This is not memory lane, Matthew, that you're heading oh, okay. down right now. You're heading right. down history well, lane, okay, but I, which so is I remember, adjacent like, people to memory were talking lane, about, but... Where, yeah, 
history. That's true. Like it, it's easy to take to take a wrong turn and think you're going down memory lane and you're actually down, going you down, go down history lane. History lane, which has so many facts, whereas memory lane full of interpretation. That's true. But I mean, like history, like it's really like there's no there's no, you know, undisputed facts in history. It's, it's really all about like who gets to tell the story. That's true. That's true. I think that uh, it's it's all about power. It's all about power relationships. Which is Um, exactly what kale chips are all about. You take some power, you tear it into (laughs) bite-sized pieces, coat it lightly with olive oil, Uh and um, go on. And then you plug it in. I think I had kale chips a few times back when everyone was into kale chips, whenever that was, and I think I thought they were fine. And yeah. um, that's and that brings us up to the present, me at least. How about you? You know, as usual, I am like the the last one to eat things that everybody else is eating. I think that I've only eaten kale chips once, and it was you know since we've been in lockdown. I made them here in my house, and I will talk about that soon. But that okay. was the first time I've ever eaten them. Oh, wow. Now, I think I think if we had asked, if we had put the question out to our listeners, they would have guessed that you had had kale chips many times. I do seem like that kind of person, right? don't I? I, I hate that about myself. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's it's hard to shake. It really is. Okay. Well, so so should I go down history lane now? It's funny cuz like like you know, you can you can talk about like how much how much you love the Wendy's 4 for 4 like every week and people will probably still think of you as a kale chips person deep down and it's just not it's not accurate. Well, and the truth is is I can't I can't really ever get away from it because I think my voice also sounds like a kale chips voice. I think you're a, right. I, I know exactly it, what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as opposed to like like a like a Cheetos voice or yep. like um, you know a Dick's Drive-In voice. Well, Cheetos like, voice is just the the voice of Chester Cheetah, right? But I don't really remember what Chester right. Cheetah sounds like. <laughs> Me neither. Did he talk? I'm not sure if he did. <laughs> I think I also get him confused with MC Scat Cat from the. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, is that from <laughs> Paul the Abdul, Paul Abdul video? It's a tracked video. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So no matter how many times I cite super cool pop culture stuff like Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract video, people are still going to think I'm just sitting around here like driving a Volvo and eating kale chips. Yep. No matter how much, how often you say, I like to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) What? I I don't remember what that was in opposition to when I... Uh, I uh, No. um, I I, I guess Paula Abdul's line is, I refrain from smoking. (laughs) No, wait, hold on. We need to work our way through the song now. Okay. Um, uh, he's got the money. No, she's got the money and he's always broke. I don't like cigarettes and I right. like to smoke. Thank you. There we go. Whew. What was was Paul <laughs> Abdul's first big hit straight up? Yes. Or was there one? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I remember when that song dropped. That was that was formative. It was formative. I feel like I was in sixth grade or something, but I, I would have to look up the date. But then again, for some reason, I, I think that sixth grade becomes sort of like a, like there's like a magnet in my mind to sixth grade <laughs> oh, <wow. and> music. <laughs> because I, I know that that was also when Vanilla Ice had his big hit. Yeah. Everybody I, in my middle school was into it. So uh, Straight Up came out in 1988. Shoot. So I, I would was, have been in fourth grade. I was in eighth grade, maybe. No way. How old were you in eighth grade? 13 or 14? 13. Oh, I was I turned, 14. I turned 14 right before So wait, you were, you were four years ahead of me in school. I didn't realize yeah. that. 
Does that does that change the way you think about me? It does. Do I seem do I seem somehow wiser? Well, no, no longer. No, no, no. Um, Well, I was going to say, you know, previously I had kind of looked at you the way that when I was a freshman, I would look at the seniors. Oh, but like actually, I would have been a college freshman at that time. College freshman, so that changes everything. So you're you're the same age as my brothers, almost exactly. I am exactly three years younger than you, but you were four oh, years ahead of me in school. I was born in 1978. You were born in 75. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, so you're not the same age as my brothers. So how did Your this happen? Your brothers are a my year brother- younger than me? Yeah, my brothers were born in 1980. Well, I think that I was at the older end of the age spectrum in Were you my held classes. back a couple of times? <laughs> God, Matthew, why do you have to bring it up? I'm, I, Matthew, no, just no, no. let me be the Volvo-driving kale-chip-eating person. Don't also out me for being held back. I wasn't held back. By okay. Way. I mean, it's okay. Second grade is hard. No, my birthday, well, kind of like you... It seems like you would have been at the very young age. I was at the very end. young end. Like, if I had been was, born, like a, like, a week later, I would have been a year later. Yeah, you and I are right. Like, we are on two opposite sides of the, the school year cutoff. Yep. This was this was an interesting conclusion. It was. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, happy belated birthday. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, wait. When is this episode airing? This Oops, episode your is birthday airing was... September 10th. Your birthday was almost two weeks ago. Yep. So now um, now we're we're in college. <gasps> we're heading into my birthday. We're heading into your... That's true. Happy early yep. birthday. It's coming Thank up soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. When you come by tomorrow um, to uh, to pick up your paycheck in a, in a uh, safely socially distanced way, uh, we might have a little something special for you. <gasps> really? I mean, might. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I better Fine. think of something quick. Okay. No, no, we do have something special for you. Oh my gosh, that I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. Yeah, I mean, I not like special is a strong word, but it's okay. I think you'll like it. Okay, cool, great. Well, Matthew, can we? Can I finally go down history lane? For <laughs> yes, God's sake, please do. Thank you. Okay, all right. So, um, as usual, I used the internet to do my research. Everybody, um, but you didn't. You didn't go into the card catalog this time. I did not. I did not consult microfiche, microfibers, micro anything. Okay, yeah, you should consult microfibers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So I found. Um, I, I did a search for kale chips history. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And one of the, the most authoritative sites I found was a blog, which I know blogs are not like uh, historical sources. <laughs> I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to well, say. But but I mean, like, uh, is a blog different from like, blog. like if Thomas Paine was, was around, not today, but like in like, you know, 2002. What did he do again? Uh, he wrote the pamphlet Common Sense, which was about... Like the American Revolution, it's a good idea, I think. Like if he, but he, he were around today, not today again. If you were around in like 2002, he would have put it on his blog. That's true. And, and that's how he would have disseminated the pamphlet. That's how he would have disseminated the pamphlet. So like, I don't see how a blog is any less authoritative than a pamphlet. That's true. Okay, great. I'm glad we, I'm glad we got, got yeah. through that. Okay. All right. So I found this blog called An American Food Historian by Sandy Oliver, uh, who's a resident of Maine, it seems. Uh, this blog post came out in 2010. 
And in it, she, well, sort of like we are saying here in 2020, she kind of talks about how she just heard about kale chips and was sort of late, <laughs> late to the, late to the boat. Okay. Um, okay. So, anyway. so for us, like that, that boat has circumnavigated the globe multiple times by now. Exactly. This boat has been in a holding pattern, right? Like in Puget Sound, waiting for us to notice that it's there. Oh, it's like actually. the Kalakala? Uh, yes. Well, mm-hmm. wait, but that's a decommissioned ferry. I mean, it was. I think it's now been like destroyed. Oh, really? I, did they I, did they blow it up like, like a whale carcass that gets beached? Oh, no, because I would have remembered that. Okay. Seems yeah. like a missed opportunity for explosives. If you're while, into that. while you're telling me about kale chip history lane, I'm going to look up what happened to the Kalakala. Great. I'm going to go ahead with this. All right. So uh, so Sandy Oliver of the blog An American Food Historian did a search online herself. This is like the Russian nesting doll of <laughs> histories. Uh, the earliest mention that she could find online was from February of 2005 at food.com, which, you know, there was a recipe that was put up there that... Uh, the, the person who posted it said it was from a website called RadicalHealth.com. That kind of makes sense. Okay. And then uh, a quote from Sandy here. Further exploration found the method attributed to the celebrity chef Dan Barber of Blue Hill fame. This, this does not totally surprise me. I don't know. Uh, I know. I kind of doubt. Like, I don't want him to get credit for this, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the the recipe has been around at least since 2005, at least, may or may not have anything to do with a website called Radical Health, may or may not have anything to do with Dan Barber of Blue Hill. How about, how's that? That sounds that sounds good. That sounds uh, authoritative. Perfect. Um, okay. Re- the- wait. Remember during uh, memory lane when I went off um, memory lane and said that I thought kale chips probably originated like 16 years ago. Yeah, I was pretty close, right? You were. You you actually. I should were. start a blog. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and start writing that pamphlet. Okay, so all right, the mentions online of kale chips become more frequent in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. So, uh, so I don't know. You know, we could say that the, uh, the the real peak of their popularity was a decade ago. That seems about right for yeah, us. I think so. All right. Anyway, I looked up that recipe on food.com and interestingly enough, like I expected it to be like a basic template, right? Like kale, olive oil, salt. But I was kind of surprised to find that this has as a primary flavoring ingredient, apple cider vinegar. It seems like this is like salt and vinegar kale chips is what this particular recipe was. Well, like which particular recipe? This, like- this one on, on food.com, which our friend Sandy Oliver, who may or may not be an authoritative source, cites as one of the first published recipes okay. for kale chips. Anyway, it uses a one to three ratio of apple cider vinegar to olive oil, and it bakes at 350, which is, uh, remember that number, we'll be returning to it. <laughs> and, okay. Um, and uh, what I really loved is that, uh, like the comments, I don't really know how they were organized because they were out of date order um, on this this recipe, but the first comment that appeared on my you know, version of this webpage said, we don't like kale, but this is okay. Nice. I think that and really I, sums it up. It was left by someone named Cuppy Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, good work, Cuppy Cakes. And yeah. uh, way, way to credit the source. Yeah. Okay, um, wait, can I, can I go on? Can I ask something? Well, you said 350 is going to come up again because I want to talk about that temperature a little bit. 
Well, but can we come back? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, so, you know, a lot of our comedy on this show is based on being late to trends, apparently. Oh, yeah. But uh, but the website Leets Culinaria uh, is as late as we were, Matthew. Uh, so we've got some company here in the the late, late box? The late, the, the late, late box do, in this case. Late, where do late people go? I mean, it depends like <laughs> in hell? what, in what sense, like, cause if you're, if you're like late in the sense of like my late uncle, you go to like the cemetery. Oh no, I was meaning more like late to class. Do you have to go to the office or something? I think and you wait? have to, you have to go to the office and get like a, like a late slip. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we're hanging out in the office. I haven't been to school in a very long time. With David Leet. Um, okay. Anyway, so in April of this year, 2020, uh, they published a recipe for a totally simple kale chip, kale, olive oil, salt, baked at 350. That is it's how ad- I've made it also. It's adapted from Timothy Ferris. Are you familiar with this man's work? He's the I, author. I totally am. And what does adapted mean in this case? <laughs> well, he apparently like he has a blog or a website or a book or something called The 4-Hour Chef, which is part of his whole like 4-hour brand. The 4-Hour Workweek is is his most famous book. Yeah, this guy is the worst. He's very rich, but also very easy to make fun of. Perfect. Well, anyway, for some reason, Leet's Culinaria hired him or, or like adapted a recipe from him. I, I'm, I don't really understand why. But anyway, the head note that they wrote is you can bling up these kale chips with additional seasonings. Paprika, chili powder, garlic powder, lemon zest. I don't like the idea of that. Mm, Almost uh, anything mm. that tastes good on potato chips will taste swell on kale chips. Do you ever use the word swell? I don't. And, I, and I'm surprised that uh, Timothy Ferris uses the word swell. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Anyway, add them when you sprinkle the kale with salt. If you really want to convert non-kale eaters, sprinkle the kale with finely grated Parmesan cheese before baking. Anyway, but what I found interesting about his method, and here's where we can get into really talking about the nitty gritties, Matthew. Okay. Is So he has you wash and dry the kale, right? But then he has you leave it out on the counter to dry completely for at least another hour so that it gets really crispy. What do you think about this? I don't think it's necessary. So I've made kale chips recently. I did not do an extended drying period, and they were crispy. Okay. He also advises that you go sparingly on the on the oil, like just enough to lightly coat. That seems seems legit. Yeah. And as for baking, he says that the kale leaves must not touch each other on the sheet pan. That, that makes sense. You don't want them to steam, right? Uh, and that you shouldn't, he says you shouldn't bake them for more than 20 minutes, just till golden brown at the edge is not like getting charred at the edges. That also seems right. I think I think the, the ones that uh, we made, and actually teenager of the show, Iris, made them baked for like 15 to 20. Okay. I really liked this particular tester's review from Leet's Culinaria. They said, I must admit, I was a little skeptical when I read this recipe. I thought it was a new fad invented on the West Coast. (laughs) 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 I I just, I love thinking about what the East Coast thinks we're up to over here. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think they're probably usually right. Every time I go to California, it's like so much more <laughs> like a stereotype of California than I anticipated. And I think probably people feel that way about like visiting Portland or Seattle also. That's true. Like, like, like you go to Seattle, like there really are people are throwing fish at you constantly in all, all parts of town. Or like, so my, I have two cousins who I'm close with. Um, actually, I have three cousins in California. Um, but anyway. But only two of them that you're close with. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, third one. I'm not close with you. No, yeah. but. Um, and if you're not sure if you're the third cousin, stay on the ball. Anyway, their kids go to the, like the neighborhood public school and they meditate 
during the school day. There we go. Yeah, see? I mean, right? we had, California like, like quiet time That's when I was in That's different okay. from, like, guided meditation. Uh, you're right. Like, learning how to meditate at school, that was so far out of my education. It's, like, not even funny. Yeah. Sounds sounds pretty good, though. It honestly. does sound pretty good. I, I would like, actually, if my kid were learning how to meditate more specifically in school. <laughs> anyway. Okay, but what I also like is that this reviewer, who is very skeptical of the West Coast... Said, I was pleasantly surprised at how delicious they were, not to mention addictive. People love to throw around the word addictive. Yeah, it's problematic. As I pulled these out of the oven, my neighbor stopped by for a visit. She couldn't stop eating them either. And then, Matthew, I fell down a, a nostalgia wormhole. Do you remember when people could stop by for visits? Yeah, like, depending on the person, I definitely miss it. <laughs> Um, Do you miss it when I used to stop? I never uh, just yeah. stopped by for visits. Uh, once in a while, you would. Okay, um, that's that's true. I yeah. yes, I do miss that. I'm I'm wondering, like, I feel like this has a connotation of like the the neighbor was like lured by the aroma of kale chips. Don't, don't you feel that kind of hovering over the scenario here? No, I feel like the neighbor. <laughs> I feel like the neighbor was just a good neighbor, like State Farm. Okay, and and they and came just, over to talk insurance adjusting. Yeah. You know, it was just like in, you know, like in books or something when um, the kid comes home from school and the next door neighbors come over to have a cup of tea with mom and they're like sitting at the kitchen table. Yeah. What does that have to do with the kid? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was just setting the scene, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. Kid comes home from school and was like, like getting in the way, like keeps coming up to the table, like, mom, like where, where are my socks? You know, that kind of thing. Sure. Whatever. Um, Anyway. Okay. All right. So uh, listen, at this point, I want to talk a little bit about, I've only made kale chips once and I was so turned off by how they turned out. And now I just, in light of reading this like really simple recipe with all of these very specific uh, like technique based guidelines, I'm really thinking I chose the wrong recipe the first time. I think so. And we can, we can get into that. Can we take a little brief detour down history lane again, because I have some information about the Kalakala. Oh, sure. Um, A lot, a lot of our listeners are are real Kalakala heads. They're they're going to want to know this this uh, news wanna, bulletin from five years ago. Do you want to let our listeners who aren't in Seattle know what the Kalakala is? Okay, the Kalakala was a passenger ferry, a car ferry that uh, served uh, the Seattle area um, from like 1933 to 1967, 1935 to 1967, and was then uh, decommissioned and like sat around like in various places in the Puget Sound area because it's like a, it was like a beautiful like kind of art deco, like uh, industrial looking hulk and no one knew what to do with it and no one really wanted it. So it was like sitting at this dock on Lake Union or like the ship canal for a long time. And you could mm-hmm. see it from the I five bridge, and oh. uh, then in 1995 it was it was dismantled. Oh, so on January fourth, 2015, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, owner Carl Anderson announced that the Kalakala would be dismantled for scrap metal. Wait, you you wait in 2015? Just a minute ago, you said 1995. Why did I say that? I, I think don't I was thinking know. of the Kingdom. <laughs> Which, which also oh. wasn't 1995. Okay. Um, Wait, 2015, so in 2015, it for, was The dismantled? part where I said 1995, that came out of nowhere and is untrue. 
Okay. So in 2015, no, obviously I wouldn't have been seeing it all the time if it had been dismantled in 1995 because I didn't I f- move to Seattle till 96. I feel a little sad that I, like, I remember learning about the Kalakala and all the questions around, like, what was going to happen to it, but I never actually saw it. It looks like part of it is going to be uh, turned into public art, like part of the hull. I, I bet you did see it, though, because if you ever drove across the I-5 bridge between, like, 2000 and 2012 <laughs> you saw yeah. it okay okay fine i saw it D- anything else you want to say this is going to be a recurring segment about like what's up with the Kalakala. <laughs> like if if that public art project ever happens we'll let you know i wonder what has happened with other decommissioned ferry boats because like you know they oh, all have names right which yeah. i think is really quaint ab- about the ferry system well i, mean, I think do- all ships have names right <laughs> you're right <laughs> well no it's interesting though because like not all, I mean, I guess I was going to say not all cars have names, but I guess there's a lot more cars than ships. But like, it's funny how like, like a ship, it, it never seems like a ship, even like a big container ship is ever called just like, you know, the, they have numbers, but it's never like, you know, the, the Maersk 27 or something. And there's no reason it couldn't be, but like no, they all have names. It's always like, you know, the HMS Captain Brown or whatever. It's always, yeah. Or like the <laughs> Captain Phillips. Yes, Exactly. Uh, it would be it'd be good to call your ship. I haven't seen that movie, but I think I think maybe Tom Hanks wins at the end. I'm not sure which movie. Captain, oh, Captain Phillips. Phillips. Wait, what's what's that movie? So it's a movie about how like uh, Tom Hanks has a boat and like he gets uh, like hijacked by pirates, and it's very harrowing. I have okay. again, I have not seen the movie, but uh, wife of the show Lori has. So I think. I don't think that they would like release the movie if if Tom Hanks got like killed by the pirates. So like in some sense, I think he like like uh, you know is victorious over the pirates. Okay, and well so- this is our best segment ever. Can we go on? <laughs> well, like we did a movie podcast, so That's so true. we're now we're now movie experts and are qualified to talk about movies such as Captain Phillips. So what I'm saying is, you should call your boat the Captain Phillips just to put pirates on notice. Like Tom Hanks <laughs> may be on this boat and is going to kick your ass if you try and board. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Matthew, can I talk a little bit about about the kale chips recipe that I made? Yes, and then I want to talk about the one that I slash teenager of the show Iris made and why it was better. Okay, so I know you and I both get CSA shares. I had a a big bunch of curly kale from my CSA earlier Mm -hmm. in lockdown. I just was sort of kaled out. Like, I didn't want (laughs) to braise it. I mean, I had done, by this point, I'd done, like, braised kale with spaghetti. I'd done, like, kale and beans and greens. Mm -hmm. I'd done, like, quick sautéed kale with lemon and garlic. Shit like that. I was over it. So I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to make kale chips. So I did a search for kale chips. Yeah. Get ready. And one of the first posts that came up really sucked me in because of the title, which was how to make kale chips you actually want to eat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold my response. Here's the thing. They were heavily flavored. This this recipe appeared on thekitchen.com. Anyway, they were flavored with miso, soy sauce, and coconut oil. Okay, so you like melted the coconut oil, you whisk this stuff together, and then you toss it with the kale. And for one thing, uh, uh, it was a lot of liquid. It was like a, mm-hmm. a, a surprising amount of liquid. The recipe recommended curly kale over like dinosaur kale. I agree anyway, with that. And I hated it. I did not want to eat it. I didn't like it. And I can't, I couldn't figure out, like, it truly tasted like punishment. So. Here's what I think about this recipe, not having actually tried it. Like miso and soy sauce, I mean, yeah, especially miso and soy sauce are very delicious ingredients that are already very concentrated and burn easily. So mm. like you, if you're going to take miso and soy sauce and like reduce them by putting them in the oven for 15 or 20 minutes, first of all, you run the risk of burning them, which would taste bad. But even if you don't burn them, like the taste of those things, which are already so intensely flavored, then like heavily reduced is going to be too much. I think. Yeah, it was. It, I think maybe it did burn a little bit. I think it had you do it at a lower temperature, maybe like 325 or something. So it stayed in there for, I think, 20 minutes. And yeah, it tasted like uh, the color dark green and slightly burny. And I did not want to eat these. So um, I thought to myself, self, you don't like kale chips. But I think I was wrong. I think you're wrong. I think so I we need, need to try again. We're going to need to revisit this topic. Like, oh, speaking of which, kohlrabi update. <laughs> oh, oh God, this is this the is a segment kohlrabi episode. Yes. Okay. So the the uh, the MV kohlrabi originally launched in 1935. <laughs> what um, does MV stand for? I think it's a marine vessel. Okay, got it, got it. Um, which is which is a fancy ass way of saying boat. They boat. just just call it the B. Don't, don't, mess, don't mess with the bee in Apartment 23, a show about a boat. <laughs> Have you ever watched that show? It's very funny. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, a, it's a show starring uh, Kristen Ritter and the guy from Dawson's Creek. No, I'm busy over here watching really fun stuff like that I have to print out like charts to follow. Like, okay. Like uh, you're, you have to print and and Lovecraft Country. You're going to have to print out a, a chart to follow this episode because <laughs> there have been 17 segments. Kohlrabi update. Last night I made Hiyashi Chuka, which is a Japanese kind of uh, cold noodle salad dish where it's, it's uh, used, used ramen noodles that you chill and serve with like a, a tart soy sauce based sauce with uh, sesame oil and sesame seeds. And uh, then you top the noodles with like an array of like cold meats and vegetables like cu- cucumber, almost always daikon is, is common. Uh, sliced deli ham is very is very common for whatever reason. 
and I very find good. The, the deli ham, a fascinating addition. I would it's not really have expected good. it. But uh, like, so you, it's a, the kind of dish where you use what you have on hand. And I had some kohlrabi from the old produce box, mm-hmm. and uh, and I shredded the kohlrabi and and put that on the salad. Fantastic. Wait, tell me about how you shredded it. Was uh, this like by hand or on by a, hand? I cut okay. it. I cut it into into thin batons. Okay. Okay. I still haven't cooked kohlrabi at all, but I've enjoyed every kohlrabi experience I've had so far. Does it make you want to like buy kohlrabi? Like I to mean, keep we, it around regularly? I guess it kind of does. Like this is the second time we've requested kohlrabi. Like we kind of got a lot of it. We got like one big and two small kohlrabis. That's a lot and of kohlrabi. I, I used one of the small ones for three servings last night. Mm-hmm. We also got some giant golden beets that I'm going to roast tonight. Mm, yum. Cool. Okay, well, this has been our Everything But the Kale Chips episode. Can we call, can we call the kohlrabi segment Kohlrabi Corner? Sure, okay. sure. Or did it, we already call the Kalakala segment Kalakala Corner? I'm not sure. Okay. Matthew, will you talk to me about how you made kale chips? Okay. Or how Teenager of the Show Iris made kale chips? I also Googled kale chips recipe. I also saw the link that uh, that you mentioned. I, I breezed right past that. I went to allrecipes.com for like the most basic kale chips recipe, olive oil, kale, and salt. Do we have to explain how kale chips are made? Like you. Well, cut... here's here's a question. What type of kale did you use? Curly kale. I think that is absolutely the way to go. Really? Also, also I really don't like Tuscan dino kale. Oh, you don't? I love it. Um, I've never prepared it in a way that I enjoyed. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, I always default to like, uh, yeah, Tuscan or you know, like uh, black kale, uh, yeah. dino kale. I think curly green kale is better for kale chips. Okay, and and were you careful to uh, really spread the leaves out? I think so. Like How- I said, I didn't do the actual cooking, but I think that probably is will give you a better result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although the problem with that is then you can't get all that much kale onto the baking sheet. And yeah. here's the thing. Once we started eating these kale chips, we didn't want to stop. Really? So yes, they they're were, delicious. They were, as as that lady said, like really good. Yeah, like a whole bunch of neighbors tried to come over <laughs> and we had to tell them, no, like we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you would recommend th- I this? I 100% recommend kale chips. They're delicious. Surprise really? ending. I am. I'm surprised. Mine were so gross. Um, don't make the recipe I made. Okay, no, I, I don't think you need to, like, I guess maybe if you make kale chips all the time and, like, want to shake things up, fine. But, like, I didn't feel like, you know, this is good, but it would be better with some Parmesan cheese or some, or some uh, you know, nutritional yeast or whatever you sprinkle on things. Uh, I thought, like, <laughs> salt worked great. Okay, okay. And then what, what oven temp did you use? 350. And is your, is your oven like analog, like you crank a dial to turn no. it on? No. It, oh, it's, it's digital? Mine is digital, yeah. When you, when you hit bake, like does it default to a particular temperature? 350. Mine too. Yeah. 350 it's like it's like the medium temperature right it is it is i think that in often in um in recipes that are originally published in the uk i i see the the phrase uh bake in a moderate oven oh like which, gas mark do you ever see the phrase yes, gas mark yes, i don't know what that mark. means at all yeah gas mark six or gas mark <laughs> yeah. four or whatever no i think a moderate oven refers to 350 i think we received 16 stone of kohlrabi <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. So much kohlrabi. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of kohlrabi, Um, dude. Well, I mean, I've been keeping this diary uh, where I where I track alcohol units and stones. um, (laughs) And uh, and I am trying to meet Colin Firth or or something. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, so yesterday I was at the grocery store and I saw some bagged kale chips kind of over in the section where like beef jerky is sold. Yeah. Kind of the like dehydrated <sighs> foods in, in uh, sure. like in bags. Uh, I, I don't I think buy I would them. buy that just because seems like so much packaging for what is a very small amount of chip. Yeah, that and also probably there are some like potato chips nearby that are better. in the store. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean again, I enjoyed the kale chips, but I'm I'm not going to like seek them out as a snack. I, I I think I think I'd think of them I think of them at this point more as a side dish than a snack. Oh, not yeah. that I wouldn't snack on them, but like it's not going to be my where my what, mind goes uh, first. What did you serve them with? Do you remember what else you uh, had for dinner that night? I might be able to answer that question if we put them on the dinner calendar. Okay. okay. I don't think we we didn't put them on the on the calendar, but I can tell you like the last eight times we did put kale on the calendar. Okay, so you're just searching your calendar for kale. I'm just kale. searching my calendar for kale. Okay. So, so for example, July 2020, uh, July 27th, Italian sausage, kale. That doesn't sound... <laughs> Like a like a meal in and of itself, but okay. June eighth, pizza and kale. Uh, January twenty third, pizza and kale. Not all the. I know we've had more kale than this because, like, by the time you go back, like eight more kales, it goes back to uh, November two thousand six. Oh, okay. But uh, November sixteen two thousand six, I remember it well. Cornbread and kale. <laughs> I love that. Wait a minute. So is this in Google Calendar? Yeah. And you guys have been doing this since 2006? Yeah. Maybe maybe further than that. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. So is this in the same Google Calendar where you keep like your daily schedule and commitment? Um, I made a separate calendar for dinners so it would show up in a separate color. But other than that, yes. And so when you plan each week's dinner, each night's dinner, you put it in here ahead of time? Yes, I can even tell you what's coming up the next few days. Oh my God, please tell me. Okay. This is like magic. Abby, bleep this out so the listeners don't know what I'm up to. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. Um, tonight, sausage and, far- sausage and farro and beets, roasted okay. beets. Tomorrow, yakisoba. Wednesday, pizza. Of under- There's like two balls of pizza dough in the freezer, so some sort of pizza. Thursday, pod krapau, um, holy basil stir fry with mm-hmm. beef. And Friday, we're getting takeout from Bonchon, Korean fried chicken. Matthew, I find so much like comfort in re- and relief in, in like the idea of somebody else presenting me with a meal calendar oh. and I just sit down and eat it. I know. Like 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 a couple times recently, wife of the show, Lori, has, has asked me like, you know, isn't it annoying like if I like put a bunch of things on the calendar, like, you know, here's the here are the dinners you have to cook. And I'm like, no, like I feel like you've done 70 percent of the work. Oh, my God. It sounds fantastic to me. I mean, I so I have now been self-employed for like 13 years, mm-hmm. mostly. And I thought, I remember when I left my last desk job, like January or February of 2007, I remember thinking, I am such a creature of habit. I am going to be that the type of person who gets up, like, you know, uh, spends the same amount of time each day, like sitting at the desk, writing, so on and so forth. I have surprised myself like a million times over in the past 13 years by how routine averse I actually am. Oh, interesting. Like I cannot seem to get into any sort of routine of planning dinners. 
in any way. Like I've tried earlier in the pandemic, like I definitely was better at planning meals multiple days ahead of time because, well, still now we try to only go grocery shopping once a week. Yeah. But but I I'm not like planning things anymore. I'm just sort of buying the things that we usually buy. And I would say I maybe actually cook two meals a week and the rest of the time we just sort of eat out of the fridge. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but I, yeah. I, I would like to come over to your house and, and like like there's something really soothing to me about your meal calendar in, a, in the way that it was always soothing and exciting to me when my high school lunch cafeteria would post the menu for the week. Like, and we're talking about a cafeteria. Like, this was not always great. Like, sometimes it was cream chip beef on toast. But wow. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. And like, I didn't have to do it. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like, when, when I was in elementary school, Wednesday was chili day. And like, oh, I, I still, that. like, I, like, I've mentioned this on the show before, like, I still frequently eat the chili that was served at, on Wednesdays in, in my elementary really? school. Yeah. It was uh, Stag Country Chili. That's amazing. I love that you even know what the brand was. Yeah, no, it's exactly the same. So Louisa Weiss uh, of the blog, The Wednesday Chef, I, I know we talked about how earlier in the pandemic, she was doing this thing in her Instagram stories where she was sort of sharing what she was making each night. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, that she talked about during that time is that her family definitely has a, a kind of rough meal calendar, kind of kind of like, like a almost in a nice way, like a school cafeteria, like uh, Monday night is I'm just making this up chicken. Uh-huh. Tuesday night is pasta. Wednesday night is soup. So on and so forth. I like I, that like, idea. I like that idea too. And I don't know why I don't have the discipline to do it. I, but I just like don't. So the thing that I get most thrown off by is like vegetables and side dishes. Like I'm not very good. Like I, I want to. I want to have a meal that like works the vegetables in. Like, but. We, we don't quite eat in like a, you know, vegetable primary sort of way, as you can tell by the meals I just read off. So like figuring out like like I have to make a main dish and also like make these vegetables like that. That continues to be difficult. I think where I get stymied is the exact opposite thing. Like we have a lot of vegetable heavy meals. Um, and if if it were up to me, I think I would always be kind of only focused on the vegetable. And then the rest of the meal would kind of be an afterthought. You want a big uh, kohlrabi? I can give you one from when you come by tomorrow. <laughs> no, but like if it were up to me, I would do something like I would say in the last month, I have probably eaten at least 10 meals of like a variation on a caprese salad. So like mozzarella, sure. tomato, basil, but then like throwing in slices of salami, slices of avocado, sure. slices of cucumber and some bread. Boom. Um, that I, is as much as I want to do right now. Oh, uh, that sounds good. And um, can I make a, a suggestion or either to you or just to me to do this sometime soon? Well, it's sure. still tomato season is um, uh, caprese with, with silken tofu in place of mozzarella is fantastic. You know, I just saw somebody talking about that kind of thing. I've, uh, I've had this on at, like, at an Instagram. in Japan, and it was so good. So this is so interesting to me because like, I can't imagine the flavor of the silken tofu with the tomato. But then again, it's not like mozzarella in that situation brings a ton of flavor. No, it's just it's, it's just like a different it, it's it's a it's a more subtle shift than you might imagine. Matthew, I want you to make it for me. Though. I know. I don't want to do it. OK, we can we do a yakisoba episode? 
I don't think oh, we've done that. Yes. Let's I feel do like a my yakisoba, yakisoba technique has improved recently and I want to like share that with you and maybe like send you some ingredients. I would love this because I think my family would also love it if I made yakisoba. In fact, like we have a couple of packs of noodles in the freezer. Maybe I will send you home with a pack of noodles at least tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, so I know that it, it usually has pickled ginger in it as well. Yes. Or, okay. What do I do if my family doesn't really like pickled ginger, but oh, I Oh, you do. can serve it on the side and it, it's not, it's not something that needs to be cooked. Okay. So you can serve it on the side and like toss in as much as you personally want. Okay. Uh, my kid has begun, as you know, uh, orthodontia. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it is so messing with my ability to cook. I had no idea how disruptive this would oh, be. Oh, I bet. It sucks. <laughs> just go just go milkshakes every meal. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Like, anyway. when, I, when I had gum surgery a couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. I ate all pudding, basically. It's very hard to find any sort of, like, soft... Uh, snacky food that is not like super sweet. I know, like, like, th- and that's the thing. I realize now that, like, you know, that that I was really like out of commission just for like two weeks, which which sucked. But like, then then I could like go back to eating popcorn and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, if it was going to be like a long arduous process, I would still just eat pudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just fuck it, just, just fuck it, pudding. That's my new slogan. Fuck it, pudding. <laughs> Speaking of fucking pudding, this this reminds me of an old skit from the state. Yep, yep. Yes. With Barry and Barry and Levon, is that it? Their characters. They we've play? linked to this before. Um, Great. We'll probably I'm sorry. do it again. I, you know, like I've reached that age now where I just keep repeating myself. Oh no, no, me too. And soon I'm going to be talking about how when I was a kid, toys were twenty five cents. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I I think we've talked about before that I remember when candy bars at Selwood Market went up from thirty cents to thirty five cents, and it felt like an appalling change. I remember when a pack of gum was like 47 cents. <laughs> yep. Um, I remember when a stamp was 20 cents. Wait, like an actual first class stamp? An actual first class stamp was 20 cents at some point when I was a kid. Oh my God. And then it God. went up to 22 and then 23 and then 25, I think. Next week's episode is going to be about the history of first class postage, <laughs> American postage. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Me neither. And you don't hopefully have to the, because it's starting right now. Hopefully there'll be a Kalakala segment. I think we will We will break for a Kalakala segment and a Kohlrabi segment. And we had, we had, there were other segments. I break history, for history Kalakala. Lane. Yep. Too late. It already broke. Oh. Hey, yo. Kids (laughs) love kale chips. (laughs) Uh, You can find us at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and at Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast, where, like, where were you when you first heard about kale chips? (laughs) And Instagram at SpilledMilkPodcast. Oh, our producer is Abby Circatella. Yep. We couldn't do the show without without her. She she always cuts out Molly's. Matthew, uh, stop it. Okay. Um, God, people are going to think I'm even worse than just a a kale chip eating automaton. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Oh, we really like blew our our collective wad. (laughs) God, I hate that thing. I know, it's it's so awful. I mean, doesn't it refer to just jizz? Yes. So gross. Just jizz. That sounds like the name of a a kiosk in the mall. Do you know also that like like uh, when someone gets? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for not letting me blow past that. That that, like a mall kiosk called Just Jizz. 
What like, happens? Like, wait, why am I asking uh, things like I don't the, want to know the answer to? Like the, the kiosks where they sell like earrings. Yeah, or, like like, uh, like phone chargers. Yes, um, exactly. But this, this one literally just sells jizz. Like in vials or, or like. <laughs> yes, this is how like th- this is how. Um, mm-hmm. This is how we do it. <laughs> this is how, like, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, artificial insemination. Yes, this is how it works. This is how. It, yes, you go to the mall. <laughs> you go. To, you go to the kiosk. There's, there's like one kiosk at either end of the mall, like, like the Wetzel's pretzels. Um, <laughs> Just jizz. <laughs> that's right. They have like a like a catalog. You can you can leave through. You're like, okay, this one seems fine. <laughs> Um, okay. And uh, like, will they will they like include a turkey baster? Matthew, let's let's work on a real closing joke. No, that was it. I'm Matthew Hamster Burton. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, wait, no. wait, we're not keeping no. that. No, that was just for us. Oh, <laughs> that was just jizz for us. I think we need to keep that. Are you sure? Won't some people be offended by it? I'm offended. Afraid. Our listeners probably not. Like we've we've said many worse things than that. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, but but I was going to mention. Did you did you know that when when uh, the expression uh, "getting the shaft" is is also penis related? Oh, really? Yes. I thought it meant that like you were being sent down like a like a shoot into like the trash or something. I thought so too, but like I once had the opportunity to ask this of Jesse Sheedlauer, uh, who used to work for the OED. He's a actual lexicographer, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's totally a penis thing." Wow. To get the shaft. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That's this is definitely a new segment. What, and it, the, like it doesn't have to be like all all like like penis related expressions, of course. Okay. But we definitely need to do this every week. Okay. <laughs> wait, what uh, so wait, what what is this segment called now? Oh, the segment is called oh, hmm. Well, I mean, I guess it's no, it's no longer called just jizz because I just said it was not that. But like, does, does, does jizz like have to be like semen? God, yes. Stop saying it. You said it first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Oh, we're going to take that out of the show. <laughs> Abby, take that out. Please. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.